up, everybody? Welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry, where each week we hope to raise the bar for youth ministry by asking some questions, interviewing thinkers, and just having some real honest conversations about what it looks like for us to lead the next generation. I am Brett, and today I am thrilled to be joined by Ashley Bohens. Hey, everyone. Tom Shunis. Hey, everybody. As you will hear us refer to as chef throughout our time together. And then Stuart Hall. What's up? This is <laughs> first time. This is Stuart's rookie mistake. Hello. First, there we go. First time he's joining us around the table, at least that's being recorded. Stuart does a lot of things around here that you may or may not know about. Many of you have probably even met Stuart in his journeys throughout the United States. He's a celebrity. But Stuart, tell us a little bit about yourself. Church famous. <laughs> yeah. Which means not really famous. Which, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Probably more like infamous. <laughs> what did you want to know? So for people who are like Stuart Hall, actually likes to who is that introduce me as her assistant. True. You, she did that on tour did she? several times, <laughs> which was I thought it was funny. Nobody else was like, which shows how not famous I am. Or they're like, why is that funny? So so other than assisting Ashley, what do you yeah. do? Well, I, the the cool thing that I get to do as a part of the Orange team is, like you said, travel around and spend a ton of time with youth pastors and church leaders trying to help them think strategically and and encouraging them and loving on them and helping them lead better and live better and in the process kind of exposing them to our world. So that's, that's awesome. what I love to do. Very cool. Awesome. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about this idea of recalibrating your own faith for the new year. So it's the beginning of the new year, the first podcast. I'm assuming this is the first podcast you have listened to in 2018. I'm going to go ahead and live with that assumption. But before we jump into this... They've been waiting for this episode. I I think so. Do you guys have any resolutions you'd be willing to share for 2018? Hmm. Putting you on the spot. Half marathon. Really? Are you really? Not the whole thing. Hmm, Interesting. Wow. (laughs) I have no Thanks for that shame. <laughs> Thanks for the shame, Brett. Hilarious yeah. Have you ever done one? No. Spoke, why, and why and did this, you... this guy over here who's so skinny he could hang out on a Dorito is making fun of me. <laughs> it's not I, I, I probably have, in my total life of running, have not equaled a half I'm not run. looking forward to it, but I have set in my mind that I'm going to do it. Well, very cool. Why? Good for Just you. Just to say you can? Because I'm reaching a point where I need to. Oh. Yeah. Got do you it. know where I... I just signed up for what a Spartan race. Oh wow! Yeah, with my son, who's going to destroy me. <laughs> yeah, see, sh- now that's a man. That is a man. It's only a five k though, but still, that is sp- Spartan race is no joke. I have no idea, so yeah. I will yeah. probably fail. Yeah. So is that the one that has um, electric fences? I, it's got twenty one obstacles in three miles. I was like twenty one. Yeah, and like, one I up. hope some of them are in like, the do five the original Spartan race. Or either the mud thing, there was an electric. Yeah, you don't you don't no, worry about are. how many obstacles. You worry about how many pages the waiver is yeah. you have to sign. Oh, good yes. gracious. That's what you maybe I'll unsign up. <laughs> you guys, any Ash. resolutions? Guys, I'm not even in the same ballpark as you right now. You're talking ha- half marathons and Spartan races. I'm thinking of like I gotta get my schedule under control and I wanna travel Those to great. one new country. I've given up on both. Like what new country? (laughs) Well, I have a life goal of traveling to seven African countries, and I've been to four, so I need my fifth in 2018. There you go. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah. I don't know which one yet. Brett? New Year's resolution. What's your... Um, He wants to put on 25 pounds. I... (laughs) 
That's ridiculous. <laughs> and impossible. Um, oh, I, I could do it. So I'm going to say I, I want to get my golf handicap oh. to 25. a 7. No. Oh, wow. And what is it now? A 10. Oh, that, you wow. can do that. That's amazing. We'll see. I, I, golf may be harder than Spartan Race or half. <laughs> I agree. My self-esteem can't take off. No. <laughs> no. No. I don't All right, know. Sh- uh, we said you're doing a Spartan Race. Yes, but that, you he's going to have to set a goal to do it. To survive the Spartan race? Right. Yes, something like that. I mean, I did want something to work towards yeah. as opposed mm-hmm. to just going and working out and looking at a, you know, so anyway, looking at a mirror like I need something to, mm-hmm. you know, I just needed something that if I don't work out hard today, I, I will regret it. So, mm-hmm. Well, I looked back at an old Stuff Christians Like blog from John Acuff. Oh, and yeah. he had some resolutions um, <laughs> that some Christians might make that I would like to to like speak <laughs> to speak into all of us and those that might be listening. Uh, number one is we will not use the word "love on" as a verb. That's a good one. So we're not going to love on anybody this year, especially in this climate. In this that climate, we're in. it doesn't work <laughs> Night. Yeah. so well. Um, we're going to stop assuming that the sound guy or girl hates Jesus because the mics don't work right. <laughs> That's a good assumption that we can make. And we're going to go Jesus juke free in 2018, everyone. Oh, wow. That's good. Jesus juke free in 2018. You might need to define that for everybody, Brett. So a, a Jesus juke is like if Stuart and I were having a conversation about sports and I was like, you know who would be a great person at sports? Jesus. Do you know Jesus, Stuart? Like that's a little bit of a Jesus yeah. juke. Or is it a Jesus juke to say, like, I wish people would put as much time into Facebook as they do scripture, those yeah, sorts of things? Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or the one. opposite. Of Did what I you say just it wrong? Yeah. <laughs> I wish people no, would put as true. much time that's into true. Facebook. That would be, that would be the Done. opposite of that. You juked your Jesus juke. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so if this is your first podcast, <laughs> we're going to get to something Go to the last one of 2017. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Editing does wonders, you guys. Yeah. All right. So we're talking about recalibrating your own faith for the new year. So like we said, for a lot of you that are out there listening right now, it might be the first podcast that you're listening to in 2018. You have survived December of 2017. And for some of you, the phrase, once I get through Christmas, okay, once, once Christmas is over, once December ends, that might be really familiar to how you felt throughout December. You just wanted it to, to get over. You just wanted it to survive. And so now maybe you're sitting here thinking, okay, I've got, I've got nothing left. I gave everything I have to pulling off all these Christmas programs and this event happened and we had all these different things and my family stuff didn't quite go the way that I was hoping to or it went exactly how it was hoping to and it was awful. However that went, we're sitting here now, 2018, we've got a long spring semester ahead of us. We might feel like that we're totally wiped out. And so what does it look like for us if we're in that space or maybe we had a good December and we're just thinking we want to be intentional about starting 2018 off in a good way when it comes to, you know, our own spiritual health, our own leadership and all of those pieces. So what is this going to look like? So for you guys, what do you think recalibrating your own faith means? I love the word, actually, when, when I was looking at the title of this, because, um, you know, I came back from I came from an engineering background. It's kind of an engineering word, but there's two parts to recalibrating. One is like, you got to make sure that your gauge is actually accurate. Mm-hmm. And so which for that means I'm going to ask myself some really honest, hard questions about my own faith. And then the second one is once I've figured out truly, you know, once I have it in the right or measuring correctly, then I'm going to, you know, point in a certain direction 
and go for it knowing I've got this. Cause I just feel like, I mean, this is just a race. Sunday's always coming. And though you probably didn't get much time off, uh, considering the season, it's just a natural time to reset. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a great time for reflection. It's a great time to just be truly honest with yourself about the core of your ministry, which is your own, your own faith. I think right. we forget that we serve people so much. We forget to take care of ourselves. And I mean, how many stories do we have of, you know, friends we've lost yep. along the way. And, um, and so it's just, and then point in a direction and set some, maybe not set goals as much as reprioritize. Mm-hmm. I think that might be a better word. That's what it means to me. I don't know. What do you think, Ash? Um, I've been thinking about this topic a lot, actually. I'm recovering from a broken ankle. And when I knew we were going to be talking about this today, um, I just started the rehab on the ankle. And, you know, your first time you go in and they kind of figure out where are you? Like, how swollen is your ankle? Like, how much movement do you have in each direction? Mm -hmm. How strong is it? And it's so much more concrete to talk about an ankle than it is to talk about your faith. Right. uh, Because you can actually measure it with numbers. It's good. good. (laughs) Right? I like it. And and so then they put a plan together for you for, like, how you're going to get your ankle from negative to zero. And then, like, how Mm. do you keep it above zero? And so I thought a lot about it as I was talking to my physical therapist about, like, specifically my ankle, but also we're talking about recalibrating our faith for the new year. So many listeners, I would imagine, are in their, in the negative, you know, like they don't know where they are necessarily in some right. areas. They've lost who they are and who... It's been who, so long since they've had... Exactly. Yeah. And so sometimes that recovery process takes so long that you don't even know what normal is anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I would imagine a lot of our listeners are there. Mm-hmm. That's good. Awesome. Stuart? Stuart, you've been in ministry for 120 years. Yes, sir. <laughs> Jesus was a naughty teenager. Um, to what Ashley and Chef, you both said, especially with the idea of your gauges, when I was thinking about this concept, 28 years of yeah. youth ministry right. experience, I started thinking about like what are the tensions that guys and girls that lead ministries feel? I think one of the practical tensions is this tension between having a passionate love relationship with Jesus because I'm following Jesus and I'm in love with him versus having a love relationship with Jesus because I'm telling kids about him yeah. and it, and I better make sure that I have something to say. Wow. Mm. And so it gets transactional yep. instead of Absolutely. transformational. Mm. I think there's also some theological tension about holiness, um, regardless of what your faith tradition is. This idea that holiness is about the absence of sin mm-hmm. versus the fullness of God. Yep. And a lot of us are a lot more holy than we think we are mm-hmm. because we we have the fullness of Colossians 2 9. I mean, right. in Christ, all the fullness of the deity dwells in bodily form, and we have the fullness of Jesus. So, regardless of where you're starting this year, if you have Jesus, you have the fullness of God. So, it's mm-hmm. not as bad as you think it is. And then the other thought that I had was a a philosophical tension between is this a mind journey that includes the heart or is this a heart journey that includes the mind? And I think a lot of a big mistake that I made early on was like my faith began to diminish because I made it. It's about my intellect and I got to bring my heart along Mm -hmm. when in reality, this is about the heart. Hmm. And I've got to bring my mind along to it. So I think those are the gauges that I thought about for myself 
that I'm constantly having to think about as it relates to my own faith when I recalibrate. Yeah. So maybe just a quick piece of that. So, you know, talking about wrestling with just trying to bring your heart along with your intellect, you had to make that shift. What, what did that shift look like for you? Well, I think it's, I think part of it is recognizing that you have a heart and your heart, there's a reason why the wisdom writer said that above everything else, guard, he didn't say guard your You're mind, like, he said yeah. guard your heart, because from it everything flows. Mm. So you have a heart, and inside your heart, the same wisdom writer said that eternity is branded in the heart of every single person. So you have eternal-sized desires, wow. which, which means this, that if, if you're tempted to make this an intellectual journey— you're always going to feel empty hmm. because you're, you've been made to want. Desire is an important thing. I think it was C.S. Lewis that says that our, he said that our, our problem is not that we desire too much, it's that we don't desire enough. Hmm. And so when I started making that reality, that a reality in my life, that this is not an intellectual ascent. This is my heart being created for a massive God then it is not a bad thing for me to want more of God. I think a lot of times youth leaders, we have a tendency to, to like self guilt and self shame ourselves because we don't feel like we're farther along than we should be. But more times than not, it's because we kept everything at the intellectual Mm. um, surface and not to a deep heart level. Yeah. And ultimately, unfortunately, the tension that I mentioned first is going to happen what you do as a leader in moderation, your followers are going to do in excess. Hmm. So if we want to produce kids that are living from their heart, we've got to be people that model that. But it's not the reason why we recalibrate. Right. We recalibrate because it's the deepest desire of a heart to have a love relationship with Jesus. Hmm. I, I know I've got way philosophical. So sorry. Wow. <laughs> that was great. So with that, Stuart, um, it makes me think uh, about looking back at my career and even this morning, uh, I had a quick talk down with a group of leaders, and I don't think I have ever felt ready. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, and if you're out there and you I don't have, have any of you ever felt, I mean, ready, is that the word I'm looking for? I'm not. I feel like maybe equipped is what came to my right. mind. Like, do I really feel fully equipped to step into what I'm about to step into right. or is this talk ready? Am I spiritually mature enough to be leading this discussion? <laughs> All those things. And there, there's a part of me that almost feels like if I'm that self-assured that I'm ready, right. it's going to be that's awful. Dangerous. Well, <laughs> I, think, I think that's... I mean, I used to say that about small group leaders. Any small group leader that's not nervous does not need to be a small group leader mm-hmm. because they, you know, they've got... They, you should be nervous. Mm-hmm. They're kids and they're going to go <laughs> nuts on you. Same thing when you're getting up to, you know... Lead. I mean, I don't think I've ever felt. So if you're out there and you've never felt quite ready, I just. It's reassuring. It's not a goal, I guess, is what I'm saying. No, it's not. No. To feel ready or Mm -hmm. to feel done. No. I think it's so reassuring to hear you say that because as someone much younger sitting at this table. Much much younger. Just kidding, guys. The shade that just came across this room. (laughs) I'm just saying. That's the laugh we were trying to get her to do, the sound check. (laughs) It it is reassuring to me to hear somebody who's much further along in their career, all of you guys, and just hear that you're still struggling with that because I think it's sometimes something I beat myself up with. 
You know, it's like, well, did I not put the effort in? I know I put all of the work in. Why, why am I still feeling this way? Will mm-hmm. I ever feel like I did enough prep for that? Yeah, I think there's a weird tension because I think that sometimes in, in youth ministry, for, for some of us, if we're not careful, we hear something like that. And we almost use that as permission to not prepare, to not spend the time oh, doing yeah. the due diligence, to not doing the, well, I'm not, they say I'm not supposed to feel ready anyway, so I might as well just go ahead and wing it when yeah. I get up there on, on Wednesday. So there's that tension between, you know, doing, doing everything that we need to do, leading our best, but, but there's still right. being this sense of there's a gap between everything that I can do and what we hope happens that only the Holy Spirit can fill that we have to be right. sensitive and discerning and aware of what the Spirit is doing for us to almost be in because it's almost like a, a a peaceful a peaceful unpreparedness mm-hmm. not yeah. not a, a, a nervous well, or anxious right. I think I think I don't think people listen to this podcast like you just described that use it as an excuse and maybe maybe they do but they won't for long but this will be so i mean i think we're talking to people who go the opposite with that Hmm. which is i need to set a goal this year that i need to achieve and when it comes to your faith that might be a bad idea it's a dangerous thing that's a dangerous thing that that your goal is growth not to arrive necessarily where you Hmm. feel like you know, and you don't, you, as a leader, you don't want to be in the position where you know exactly what to do. Right. That's not where our hearts come alive. Right. right? As mm-hmm. a leader, like our hearts come alive when we're over our head and we've got to depend on more than, yeah. than ourselves. It's that old saying that if you're never getting over your head, how will you know how tall you are? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So it, it, we have, I mean, and we're talking about recalibrating our faith. So just by the idea, we're talking about some element of trust. Mm. There has to be some dependency and not self-sufficiency on our own behalf. I, I want to I want to have to lean on you, God, to do things in my life because, by, I mean, this is just for free. If it's all about self-sufficiency and goodness and morality, that's why the YMCA and the Boy Scouts exist. Mm. It's not the purpose of the church. Hmm. We're trying to we're trying to help atheists become missionaries. So it is a spiritual we're yeah. we're we're on a spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, too many times I think we can become so self sufficient that uh, I think it was Erwin McManus that recently said that maybe the reason why you don't need much of God is because you're not expecting a lot of yourself. Hmm. And so consequently, we leave God out of it because we become really really self sufficient. Mm-hmm. I think every leader listening to this wants to get to that place where I've got to have God come through for me. Yeah. Because if he doesn't, this is going to suck like an airplane toilet. (laughs) Stuart, I keep thinking about something you said earlier when you said, like, sometimes we find ourselves walking through life where it's like our mind is first and our heart has to follow. And it with when it comes to faith really it should be the reverse and in ministry it's like you constantly have to re-reverse it you know mm-hmm. it's like a, a cycle that happens um and i think part of what i've experienced is what is it's like one the wonder of god again like you mm-hmm. lose it when you're so busy with all the things on your to-do list as a ministry leader mm-hmm. and it's like it's finding that whatever it is that stirs your heart and like remembering why you're doing what you're doing, I think is part of recalibrating, right? I think that's right. I think, you know, to set goals based on kind of what we were going back to the knowledge thing, like my faith grows by how much I know, 
Um, I have no problem with studying the Bible more deeply. You know, I'm, right. I, I think you should. Um, and I think even some people are wired to get more out of that than right. others, right? Mm-hmm. But I think you also have to pay attention to where does my faith come alive most? Mm-hmm. Oh, and good. and so for me, like when I sat down and looked at it for my upcoming year, I was like, I need to go stand in a river, oh, you know, good. because it was more a... Almost like the pathways kind of deal. There's yeah, there's spiritual pathways. Yeah. That's a great... That's a great resource and, and yeah. a fun and a fun book to read. And right. there's a little test that goes with it, which is which is interesting. Um, for me, it was also I need to prioritize, um, you know, breakfast with the guys, mm-hmm. and not just guys, but guys that I can share the last ten percent with. Mm-hmm. Which that's a lot of hard work to find those guys, yeah. and it's a lot of hard work to maintain those guys. But if you don't have those guys or ladies. Yeah. I would make maybe that's a good goal for you this yeah. year. Mm-hmm. No question. I I actually had thought that one of the most important things that I do to do this is I say yes to no people hmm. and no to yes people. That I want people in my life that are going to be straight up with me, right? Uh, instead of Real because problem. what can happen in ministry world is that everybody wants to be your friend. And what's interesting to me is that so many of us started working in ministry because we love God and we love kids. And then you spend all of your time with Christians and we all just kind of salve each other's wounds. And we, we, we have a tendency to not get up in each other's stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why the people I do life with that 10% that you're talking about, right. they're football coaches hmm. because they are not afraid to tell me the truth. <laughs> And sometimes I have to like have my quiet time to undo the language right. that I heard, but, but it's good for me because they won't let me get away with anything. That's so important. I could not agree more with what you said there about the 10%. So a lot of what we're talking about is this idea of, of, of self-care, of doing what we need to do for us individually so that we can lead out of the excess. I mean, you know, these are leadership principles that we've all probably heard a lot of different times. It's the whole reason why they say if you're on a plane and the oxygen mask comes down and you're with a child, you're supposed to put it on as the adult. You put it on your face before you put it on the kids. And on the outside, sometimes that seems... (laughs) the most cruel instruction ever. Right. And it almost seems selfish. Like, what are you... Like, my kid's sitting right here. Like, I'm supposed to. And like, sometimes... She's purple. (laughs) (laughs) And I think sometimes in leadership... I know I've struggled with that where, you know, I'm sitting at my desk and it's a Tuesday and I feel overwhelmed with things. And, you know, somebody might say, well, you know, you just need to do something for you. And sometimes that feels selfish. So what are some ways that you guys have learned to kind of combat that and to kind of change that self-talk and change that understanding of when we take care of ourselves as leaders, it's not a selfish task. It's really a piece right. of who God is calling us to be so that we can be more effective, maybe a little less tired, maybe a little less burned out, which I think is part of that's wrong is that's often our gauge. Like, Oh, I'm exhausted. That means I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, right. So how do we, how do we shift some of that? How does that work for you guys? Well, I can share about how I'm failing at this okay. because this is definitely something I struggle with a lot and I'm trying to navigate how to not be selfish or to be selfish with my time for myself. Um, when you have responsibilities, when you don't want to put it on someone else, but at the same time making yourself a priority. I mean, it's probably the thing I struggle with the most when it comes to my leadership is, I mean, I can tell now I'm aware of when I really, really need that time. Mm -hmm. Like I, 
get frustrated easier. I'm annoyed easier. I don't listen well. I forget things. Um, I don't feel like I'm as creative. Um, and so I'm really trying to figure out and pay attention to uh, something chef said is what makes you come to life. And for me, one of those things is traveling and Mm. it's getting out of my own context. I mean, I don't, I get to a point where I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to read about it. I don't want to movie on it. And I don't want to teach about it. I want to go experience it. And the only way sometimes I can fully get away from here is to fully get away from everybody I know and everything I know. So that's what works for me. Awesome. Yeah. Chef. Well, I mean, I think if you go back to your question, um, of how do you manage that and not feel selfish about it? I mean, that's a lie that we've got to constantly kind of undo in our mind. It is not selfish to, you know, it's, you know, I tell my wife all the time, the greatest gift you could give our kids is, you know, you being Mm -hmm. you thriving. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so what that means is sometimes you've got to, you know, walk away from the kids and go do something for you. So, you know, and so it's not selfish to do that. It's actually, super responsible. It's super loving to do that. I mean, you know, back to the whole picture of what's the greatest gift you can give your kids, a strong marriage. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so to, to leave the kids behind to go invest in your marriage is it, it feels selfish, but that's a lie. Mm -hmm. So those are the things we're talking about. And our greatest gift to this world is, um, what God created in us thriving. And Mm -hmm. we've got to find ways to thrive Mm -hmm. and to, to, to never rest and recharge, which are totally scriptural <laughs> principles um, is not responsible and mm. it actually is a selfish thing to do. Mm. Yeah. And I think what I'm learning in the process of going through this myself is in order to be selfish with time for you, you have to be okay with disappointing other people. Mm. Yeah. And I feel like that it's like the, the other side of it. It's like, I can be selfish with my time, but I have to be okay with, if I'm going to choose that, that I'm going to let somebody right. down or I'm going to disappoint or I'm going to drop a ball because I can't possibly do all of it. Or that once. those things are not even connected. People being disappointed in you and you feeling selfish, those are not even connect. Those aren't connected people. Those aren't connected. People are always going to be disappointed with this. Yeah. But like when you, know you have I mean? a task you need to do and you have like a list of things you have to do, you know what I mean? That's what I'm talking about is being disappointed. You didn't get something done, a task finished because you were choosing to be selfish right. with the time But you weren't yourself. choosing to be selfish is my, is my point. It make, that's what makes us feel selfish is someone's frustrated. But at the end of the day, we can only do so much. Yeah. You right. know? Mm-hmm. And it's probably the result of them being over, you know, drawn on their accounts that is making them frustrated with us because they're waiting on something and, you know, mm-hmm. and they're feeling like they're going to let the next person down. I mean... We just got to stop. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So there's a youth pastor, there's a youth worker, there's somebody who's listening to this, and they had Christmas Day off, they had New Year's Day off, and that's it, probably. They probably didn't have I Christmas Day off. I was going to say, I don't, <laughs> I don't remember exactly where yeah. all those fall. Unless they closed as a church. Yes. But so let's say that they, I mean, they're feeling exhausted and they feel like that they're working at a pace that is unsustainable and that part of that is not something that they can control. They feel like that that's expected on them. So they're sitting at a place where they're like, I want to do this. I want to recalibrate. I understand some of the things that need to change. I need to take care better, but better care of myself. I need to, you know, have some time over here, have some time, but they feel a little bit stuck. And having the conversation with their, their their leadership or figuring out what that looks like for them. So what are what are what are some pieces of advice or some encouragement or maybe even some practical pieces on hey this is what it has looked like for me right. when it comes to this idea of recalibrating our faith? 
Well, I think you need to start with the realization that running at this pace ends one way. Hmm. So you're really not choosing between two things. Right. You're just prolonging. Choo- you're just pro- <laughs> maybe maybe prolonging. Yeah. Maybe you're expediting. Yeah, you that's know? true. Hmm. Um, but it is not an option to do that. And so um, to say I'm going to you know continually run myself into the ground and then be surprised when you find yourself run into the ground, it, it's just it's not really an option. Yeah. So. I mean, does that make a little bit of sense? So, you know, if you're worried about losing your job, let me tell you how this ends if you continue at this pace yeah. mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. I had a couple things, when, especially when Chef, you and Ashley were talking, uh, and one thought that came to my mind was being mindful of your skin. Hmm. This is going to sound that wow. sounds weird. But as a leader, I can remember like feeling like I have to keep developing tougher and tougher skin because you're out front, People are constantly shooting arrows at you hmm. because, and in many ways, it's a survival mode. There's a flip side to having tough skin, though, and it's what doesn't get out. Things like vulnerability, yeah, and intimacy and love. I think it would do us well to remember that Jesus never had a problem with people who were confused, frustrated, at their wits' end. Hmm. His issue with were with people who were faking it. Hmm. And I think part of tough skin is we develop this capacity to start faking yeah. and hiding mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. us heading, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, but it's a train. Right. And part of it is we need to become a little less thick in our skin so that we can be vulnerable, hmm. that we can say, you know what, I am not doing well. I think another thing, too, and I don't know if this will make sense, but youth leaders spend so much time in instructive mode. Like, I think we have a tendency to take, uh, especially the epistles, uh, you know, the letters that Paul wrote, Peter wrote, and there's so much instruction in them. Yeah. I think it it has always done me really good to start at Jesus, st- get back to Jesus and work your way out. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, let's bring everything back to, I, I, I don't know if this is true, but there's an urban legend that if you blindfold a human, they will wind up walking in a circle because they have to have a visual vantage point for them to walk in a straight line. I think Jesus is your visual vantage point. Hmm. You've We've got to put our eyes on him. And that's going to help you instead of, well, you know, because a lot of what we do, whether we want it to be or not, it tends to spin into behavior modification. Yep. Get back to the lifeblood of your relationship, and it's the person of Jesus. That, to me, that changes everything. When I, when I read John Eldridge's Beautiful Outlaw, when I read Simply Jesus by N.T. Wright, I keep those books close. Mm-hmm. When I feel myself kind of hedging, mm-hmm. I'm like, I got to get back to the dude. <laughs> I got to get back to my man. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's helpful. Absolutely. So what are some other thoughts on practically what could this look like? So like for one thing that I'm thinking about is, you know, one way that, that we can help someone recalibrate their faith or that we can do that is, is by being intentional about the boundaries that we create. And so whether that's a conversation with a, a, a spouse and kind of like you're saying, asking someone to kind of speak into like, hey, what, what boundaries do I need to have that, 
that just haven't existed mm-hmm. lately. Or maybe you come up with some of those boundaries and sitting down with the senior pastor and, and talking through like, hey, here are some boundaries that I'm recognizing that I need to be more intentional about, or I'm not going to be worth much around here. So what what are some practical things like that that you feel like could be could be step, steps towards getting to that recalibrated place? Well, actually, um, the first thing that came to mind for me is uh, there's another podcast at Orange called the Think Orange Podcast. And the first episode of 2018 for that podcast, we interviewed Carrie Newhoff. Hmm. And actually, something that we talked about is, is part of my 2018 uh, goals. And that's the calendar, like mastering a calendar and blocking your calendar out because something that he said to me that stuck with me is like if you don't make your priorities in your calendar someone else will make them for you basically and you'll spend all of your time uh trying to help other people with their priorities rather than doing what's important to you and so really just like laying out my calendar even if I don't and it kind of freaks me out to think about that because I feel like it's a commitment then Mm -hmm. I'm like I'm committing to something if I put it on my calendar and so um but even like making it broad like on Fridays this from this time to this time I don't know what I'm going to write about but I'm going to write or I'm going to go do something new or whatever it is and he used this example with me. He said, if you don't do that, this is what happens. Hmm. Ashley, what are you doing Saturday? And I was like, I don't know. And he goes, oh, good. Well, you can come to my son's game because he's playing right down the road from you. But you've already said you're not, you don't know what you're doing. Whereas if you have everything blocked off, if you really want to do that, then you can choose to change your calendar. Yeah. But that way, somebody else doesn't make what's important to them important to you. Hmm. Hmm. That's so good. That is good. Brett, you talked, I think. I don't know that we answered it, and I, I think it's a real tension for folks is people feel like it's the expectation at their church. Yeah. And I think that's probably a common disease in churches. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think you need to have the courage to have that conversation you were talking about where you sit down with your lead pastor and you say, I mean, it's why we have sabbaticals, right? I mean, churches have tried to fix it these certain ways, but the reality is, you know, we just run too hard yeah. mm-hmm. and, and it, and it, we, it starts to feel selfish to take care of yourself, um, but we have just got to change that. Yeah. And the reality is, um, if I mean, if it's unacceptable at your current church to take care of yourself, you should pack up your bags and find another place to go. Yep. Um, because it's not optional. Mm-hmm. It is not optional. And if it's and if you're shamed for taking care of yourself, yeah, that's not a leader worth following. Oh, that's good. I think that's so good. <laughs> Ouch. It is, and I think so many youth leaders need to hear that. Yeah. Well, they need to hear it, but they're also yeah. going, yeah, yeah, that's great, that's, but where do I go? That's well, easy right. for you to say, podcast yeah. boy. Exactly. <laughs> well, and I think sometimes that can even come from parental expectations, mm-hmm. kind of like sure. what you were saying 100%. about getting invited to, yeah. to a game. It's, um, oh, you know, you've got time to do that, but you couldn't come to my son's game, or you couldn't come to this choir thing, or, yeah. or whatever. And so, you know, part of that, too, is how, how do we... How do we set those expectations with parents on, right. hey, this is this is what this is going to look like. Yes, I want to be involved in, in your kids' lives. but right. yeah. Well, that gets back to what Ash is saying about disappointing. Just because someone's disappointed in you doesn't mean it wasn't the right thing to do. Correct. Yeah. That's true. That's what yeah. I'm saying is yeah. you have to be okay with that. Right. Okay, you're you disappointed. Okay I'm good. That. And you have to say, I'm sorry. I just really, you know, I had yeah. to prioritize that thing. But I do think, um, to Ashley's point... To have your calendar full, to drive your calendar, not let your calendar drive you, mm-hmm. um, gives you good answers to folks. I'm sorry, you know, but I, I, you know, I felt the same way as a high school principal. You know, I used to sit there with my wife on Sunday night and say, 
what nights do you want me home this week so I can let those people down? Be- yeah. Because I could be somewhere, every- I could be in three yeah. places at once sure. and often was expected to be in three right. places at once. And for me to feel like a failure for that, that right. I mean, for not being able to be in three places yeah. at once. Minis- ministry <laughs> yeah, you know, would be easy to have boundaries if there wasn't for people. Because there's all... <laughs> There's always great. there's always people to right. minister to. You know, Doug Fields told a story one time that cracked me up so much. Uh, he was talking about being a youth pastor and that it was date night and that he and his wife were sitting down to dinner and ding dong, he goes up and the, there's a kid standing at the door. And it's that moment. Mm-hmm. It's this moment we're talking about, mm-hmm. right? And he's like, you know, like, Doug, I really need to talk to you. <laughs> and Doug, <laughs> Doug, in only the way Doug can say, he looked at him, he thought about what was about to happen, and he said, are you going to kill yourself by tomorrow morning? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. And the kid said, no. He said, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Oh and he gosh. closed the door yeah. because he was prioritizing his wife, yeah. which is actually yeah, it's a, a great lesson. thing to prioritize, mm-hmm. yep. to show a kid. children. You know, I had a, we had a basketball coach we hired um, when I was a high school principal that came in, and I loved this. When he showed up, he's like, we're going to work really hard this year, and we're going to see each other a bunch of, and I'm going to work a bunch of hours. But he he brought his wife with him, and it was like, we do this together. It was the, the coolest thing where he modeled for, you know, and it was like the reality of basketball season is right. long nights, everything else. Yes. But my wife and I are in this together, and what he modeled for them in that moment, it was such a cool, that's, cool thing. That's awesome. Yeah, and I think sometimes we pride ourselves in, in youth ministry of like, my door's always open, call me whenever you want me, text me whenever you want me, whenever Terrible you need idea. me, I'm going to show up. Right. And we, we break down all of these barriers in an attempt to be, to be r- relational and all these different pieces, but we, we're setting ourselves up for burnout. We're setting ourselves up for not being able to have a pace that we can sustain. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I, one of my first bosses as a student pastor somehow he could always put his finger on my pulse when I was not doing well, when I was overwhelmed. And he would always tell me, you need to go visit some hospitals and kiss some babies. <laughs> and it was his way of saying, you need to go and do something that isn't expected of you. Um, it, I think it would do some of us well. And we talked about this on tour all this past fall. Um, when's the last time you did something that you don't get paid to do? Yeah. Um, because when you do something like that, God tends to do something in you that you really didn't expect. And every, I, and you need to know, I do not have the spiritual gift of hospitality or sympathy. <laughs> it was awful. But God always like, like so messed with me when I went to see somebody hmm. that was you know, elderly or sick or something and kind of bring me back to, okay, you're a giant God. And I, yeah, just messed with me every time. Absolutely. So maybe that's like just step one. I mean, this kind of stuff can feel so abstract. It can feel so overwhelming. We're not really sure what we're supposed to do next. And maybe we get you know, paralyzed by the idea of having to talk to our, our senior pastor right. and, you know, wait, you're saying I've got to go find another church that I can, that I can work out. But, you know, just taking step one, what's, what's something that, that you don't have to do this week that you can do that's going to help recalibrate your faith. Any, anything else you guys can think of that could just be those, those steps to bring it back to kind of having that wonder again, Ashley, like you said earlier, or, or taking that step towards recalibrating our faith. This is just one last idea for me, but the idea of 
deciding you're going to do something and actually following through with it are, are a couple of different things. So yeah. I would take some steps to ensure you're going to follow through. Those would be tell somebody, tell somebody you trust and ask them to hold you accountable. I mean, if I were telling you to get in shape, one of my best pieces of advice is pay for a trainer. And it, you know, I have spent lots of money on a trainer. It's the best money I could spend because I get out of bed when I know it's going to come. I mean, but it was somebody else I felt accountable to. They knew some stuff. They taught me some stuff. So maybe you need to see a counselor, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe it's going to feel selfish that you're spending the family's money on a trainer or a counselor, but it's not selfish. Right. It's taking care of you so you can take care of people better. And if you've got this thing you've just been trying to kill, you have got, you know, to go ahead and take steps towards killing it because secrets only grow in the dark or whatever it is you're working on, you know, on your, on your own. I heard a guy talk today. He's like, everybody's in recovery from something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everybody's in recovery from something and you don't have to wait to hit rock bottom. You can get off at the third floor and start to work your way back oh, up. That's so good. And I was like, wow. Okay. So what is it? This is the recalibrating part. Can you be brutally honest with yourself? And then, you know, have the courage again, have the courage to tell somebody to bring them in to have the accountability to move to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's just my hope as you, and you will grow in your faith, right? Yeah. You will grow in no your question. faith at that point. It's, it's just, your faith is so holistic. Mm-hmm. It's just not information. It's, it's, right. it's just, it's your life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I mean, it's vertical, it's horizontal, it's diagonal. It's, it's all of that stuff. So as you grow, your faith will grow. So good. Um, I think it's important to remember also that it doesn't look the same for everybody, yeah. which is sometimes what makes this part hard is talking about like tangible takeaways. It doesn't look the same for everyone. But one piece of um, or one thing that worked for me, I remember one time when I was feeling burnt out, I was feeling like kind of like I just didn't even know my thoughts anymore. And someone said to me, remember who you were when you interviewed for this job? Like, who were you? Right. Don't lose her. Yeah. Like, think back to what made you fall in love with Jesus. Think back to what made you want to go into ministry in the first place or what made you want to transition to this job. Who were you? And don't forget who she is. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that is one way um, just to kind of remind myself and going back to what I talked about my ankle, like rehabbing my ankle, the same thing. You stop. And you go back to where are you? How can I get back to her? Mm-hmm. And then how can I continue to grow her and keep her strong? Oh, that's so good. So your best asset in ministry is yourself. And obviously we're talking about, you know, we're not working in factories. We are, we are trying to help lead and influence and, and shape the spiritual lives of the next generation. So your greatest asset isn't even necessarily yourself, but it's, it's your, your spiritual life, your, your relationship with Jesus. So, so do what you need to do, calendarize, whatever it is that you need to do to create that space for you to make that a priority. We want to encourage you to do that. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening today. We're looking forward to hanging out for the rest of 2018 with you guys. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast through your Apple podcast app. And while you're there, we would love for you to leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing and what we can do to make this podcast better. And finally, for more great resources to check out the show notes from this episode to learn more about the student curriculum and strategy that we're a part of all here at Orange, then we want to encourage you to visit our website, rethinkingym.org. And until next time, I am Brett. I'm Ashley. I'm Chef. I'm Stuart. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next time.